All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Tennessee Wildcast here, Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency's weekly podcast show. I'm Doug Markham. This is Jason Harmon. We'll introduce our guest just here in a minute. Jason, I heard you went to a waterfowl blind draw another day, and I also heard through the rumor, through the grapevine, that you got a blind, sort of. Sort of, yeah. I, I happened to, I just got lucky and went to the Wilson County draw there at the Old Hickory, and, for Old Hickory Wildlife yeah, Management. Old Hickory, Man- yeah, Wildlife Management area, Unit 1 and 2. And my buddy got drawn for Unit 1, so there's a possibility I'll go duck hunting this year. Well, I'll be darned. You know how hard that is? I, how many people were there, that it's, thing? It's tough. It, there was probably a couple thousand there, it seemed like. There was a lot of people there. It and was, you, your buddy got drawn? Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. Pretty early, too, which was yeah. surprising. Yeah, well, that's good to know. Hey, if you went to a waterfowl blind drawing and uh, you got drawn and you signed on, just remember you got to get those blinds. You got to get those things all fixed up and ready to go. I think mm-hmm. the deadline's sometime in October. Yeah. You have to have them ready and looking good and uh, get it out there because if you got a blind, you're lucky, Jason. Yeah. I hope your buddy takes you hunting. Hey, I think I, you I got, got, I got an in. Yeah. All right. Hey, we have uh, a show today I really have been looking forward to. And let's do a little wide out here and, and show our guests. This is Dan Gibbs. Dan is the statewide coordinator, bear coordinator for TWA. He sounds like a great job and a big game biologist over at Region 4, way over in East Tennessee. Dan, thanks for coming in here today. you got a big meeting coming up, and we got Dan in here because before the meeting because we think it's important to talk about the subject of bears. And uh, I'm not sure if everybody in Tennessee even knows we have bears. Well, you're right. They don't. Uh, yeah. So, and, <laughs> and you probably know better than anybody. Then we got bears, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And I, I want to tell everyone up front, Jason's also going to do a Wildcast Extra with Dan mm-hmm. that you'll catch out on Facebook, too. And I hope you look over. Some of those extras are cool. All yeah. of them are, Jason. You're doing them, right? Especially. Especially <laughs> cool. Anyway, Dan, let's talk about bears today. First of all, what does your job as a big game, big game biologist, but a bear biologist in this case, what does it entail? What does it mean? Well, we get that question a lot no matter what you do and when you start talking about your day-to-day activities many times it's difficult because you don't know one day from the next what you're going to be doing uh for me a lot of it is administrative type things and and working in um, management planning uh, working with other states Uh, i work quite a bit with other state biologists uh, in the southeast Uh, we've got a couple projects going on currently uh, that I'm really active in with uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, especially. Where also Florida. Right. Pull that thing a little bit tighter to you, Dan. All right. So you, the biologists that you work with all over the southeast then, but are they ones that usually just abut against Tennessee, or what were you talking about a few that are outside beyond where we are? Well, if we're doing um, some research projects together, then obviously it's going to be the states that adjoin Tennessee. But the Southeast Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies has a very active uh, group we call the large carnivore working group that uh, we have multiple issues that we're dealing with on a regional basis and all the coordinators from the states work together on that so you, you have one of those jobs where people listen think that must be the coolest job in the world is it the coolest job in the world some days it is and some <laughs> days it's not <laughs> sounds pretty neat though uh all right so you work with other folks and and just in general, not just in Tennessee, we'll, we'll get down to scoping just Tennessee, but over at least the southern part of the country, the southeastern part, are there a lot of bears? Are they uh, as populous as white-tailed deer? No, n- not even close. But if you look at historical range maps, you know, the bulk of the, the United States, continental U.S., and even um, up into, well, up into Alaska and, and Canada, uh, there was a large black bear population. And 
those numbers dwindled drastically. And, and, you know, it got to the point in Tennessee where we didn't even have hunting seasons in the early 70s. And so if you look at a current range map compared to the historical range map, uh, there is nowhere near what it used to be. But if you look at a current map compared to 20 years ago, there's quite a difference. The bears are doing doing quite well uh they're growing uh, all across southeast and even uh some of your states that you get up into uh the midwest uh, such as indiana and ohio are starting to see uh bears come into those states and they've not had any uh you know reproducing populations for for years and years and years and they're starting to spill over into those states as well they aren't as populous as deer or turkey but is it fair to say good management is the reason they're coming is the reason they're coming back where they over harvested at one time or or just taken out because people feared them or what was the reason bears dwindled in number and how come they have come back i think the bulk of it was over harvest uh and then just uh, major uh, deforestation uh, when the early settlement came along but you know, there was this idea that bears and other predators and such as uh, wolves and, and cougars and things like that, you couldn't uh, coexist with with human uh, settlement and, and advancement into uh, the interior part of the country. So, you know, they had that going against them. And then uh, bears in particular, uh, they're not uh, as prolific as other animals. They're, they're going to be three to five years old before a female can have young, and then they're going to have young every other year. So... Uh, it takes longer to okay. to uh, account for like that a deer. Kind of stuff. Where a deer might have one to three or whatever every single every year. year okay. Correct. So it just takes a while to get it done. Right. Well, tell us about before we get into specifics about the bear program, hunting seasons. If you want to view a bear and all that kind of stuff, tell us about the the bear in general, the characteristics of a black bear. How big is it, and and some of the birth stuff you were talking about, and how predatory right. is it? Well, black bears uh, range in size depending on where you're at, time of year, a bear will uh, be 30% heavier in the fall before it goes into the den than when it comes out. It's a hibernator. I, well, it's not a true hibernator, but it is a hibernator. Okay. They uh, they can get up and, uh, in the wintertime and move around. If you get some warm days, they might get up, feed a little bit, move around. So uh, your, your weights are going to vary. If you look at different uh, studies that have done a lot of work on weight, usually your males are going to be 75 to 100 pounds heavier than your females in a, in a given area i'd say in tennessee uh you're probably looking at around on average 150 on a female and maybe 225 or something on a male you know we've had harvests as high as 600 pounds things like that but when you get into a bear that big typically you're going to be dealing with a, a supplemental feeding issue or or garbage or something like that which is a, a whole different story they start eating too much like people at that Correct. point right okay but that's and that's what i've always heard i was surprised when i started working here and and i, I went on and followed some some of the folks like you around over in the smokies and watched them get bears out and i was so surprised at how skinny some of them were and how right. small some of them were they're I don't even mean to make them sound like they're they're dog size, but they're not at the same time the size of a of a, of a grizzly or a no. polar bear. I mean, they're just they're the little bears in the family. Right. You know, they're going to be smaller overall, and and they're not nearly as aggressive as you would with a brown bear or a polar bear. Uh, you know, predatory attacks are very rare in black bears. We hear about more um, because we have more bears, but as far as when you look at percentage of the population that does that is very low most issues with bears attack wise are associated with people getting too close and the bears just basically reacting cub, and, cub right. issue right a lot of times I mean, it can be a cub issue uh, seems like a lot of times we don't really know the connection but a lot of times when you hear about uh, some sort of attack you're just waiting for 
where the dog comes into the equation where the person was walking their dog or something like that and don't really have any scientific background but it just seems like a dog can be involved quite a bit when you hear about some of these these situations that come up so i don't know if it's the dogs are barking at the bear and, and are annoyed by it or things like that but um that seems to come up quite a bit, but it's it's usually a reaction more than a predatory thing. If you have an issue, okay. What do bears like to eat? Are bears are they all are they full time predators looking for small bucks and and rabbits and, and where do right. where do they mainly? Eat? Well, like I said, predation is very rare, even in with other wildlife. Okay. Uh, deer fawns, you occasionally uh, hear where someone has seen that happen. Uh, get a report of that out of Smoky Mountains every once in a while, and then. Uh, occasionally they'll get into chicken houses um, you hear sometimes we don't have that much of an issue here but some of the other states tend to have issues with goats things like that mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part uh, their their protein diet as far as meat or what, what if you will would be grubs ants bees things like that and then they eat a lot of uh, vegetation in the spring when they come out of the den there's not a whole lot to eat so it's pretty much what green vegetation is coming up and then they'll switch over to berries in the early summer and more vegetation and once again the yellow jackets and things like that and then um, switch over to the hard mast in the fall seems like uh is dr pellerin that was is that correct pelton pelton excuse me dr pelton because he's so smart and uh, i got to talk to him 20 years ago or so and learned a lot from talking to him about bears at the time and I, if I recall, I believe he said that he thought bears, as cool as they are, and he knew so much about them, he said that as far as predators goes, they were fairly, fairly klutzy as predators. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, but, but and and that their diet was a lot when they came out of those when they came out of their dens. They're looking mm-hmm. for roots to start out, right, and, and going from there. Yeah, and you know a bear, it's they have a, a real good, uh, keen eyesight and hearing, but. Uh, their their best trait, I guess, and probably the one that causes us the most trouble is their sense of smell. They have their sense of smell is reported to be six, seven times that of a dog. I know so, that. Wow! And okay. so you can imagine of a dog of a dog. So you can imagine uh, things that you know we just can't imagine what that's uh, like. But you know that gets them in so much trouble. Yeah. Uh, especially when food is short. What do you spend time? And I want to talk about how they're expanding. And because occasionally we're here, we're doing this show out of Nashville, and, mm-hmm. and occasionally we hear about a bear coming through Nashville. Every so often we hear something like that. But what over in East Tennessee, it's far more common with the Appalachians and the Smoky Mountains, and and just a lot of great places for them to go over right. there. Good habitat for them. What are people more aware that they're there and and what kind of education do you do to the folks in East Tennessee that us Middle Tennesseans and West Tennesseans might want to hear? Well, I think the thing that's really keyed people in more on, on bears are the uh, this huge interest we've had over the last uh, what, eight to ten years, I guess now, in trail cameras that people are putting out to monitor deer right. or turkeys, and they're, they're calling and saying, you're never going to believe what I saw on my trail camera, and I say, a bear. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And Talking so, to the wrong person with that. So, you know, they're popping up uh, on these trail cameras, and people had no idea that they were there and they're not not only are they seeing a bear but they're seeing a sow with cubs and things like that and you know that's really interesting to us when we see especially in uh, areas where we don't have what we would call a sustainable population yet reports of, of females of cubs that's a big deal and because you're showing reproduction those bears aren't hauling those cubs all the way from smoky mountains up to anderson or campbell county she had them there and so that tells us that hey 
she's living here. She's got her home range. There's obviously males in the area, and, and they're setting up a shop here, and you can expect them to be there in the long term. So, uh, But we the main thing that people have to understand is you have to be proactive with bears. You cannot wait till you're having problems to, to start dealing with it. Uh, if you live in an area where there are bears or if you, if you hear there's bears, you got to get the food source up. Uh, food is, is what drives probably 98% of our issues with bears when it comes, Leaving your when cat it comes food, to Leaving your dog nuisance. food, and trash, all that stuff outside. Even grills, uh, yeah. feeding birds, uh, all that. Now, I bet they like suet. Anyway, they do. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the amount of calories and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, we've put some things together for educational that show, you know, what a one little suet cake that you put in a bird feeder is – it equates to when it comes to foraging for acorns in in the forest and you know in the amount of time to get up there and knock that thing down and eat it is, is what it would take them almost all day long to get the same amount of calories so easy pickings, easy pickings right. and and they're going to come back and you know and bears are, are typically afraid of people but you know that nose and that's that stomach over time they get used to seeing you know they'll come in at the night and knock it down and then they'll get a little bit more bolder and they'll come in the daytime and the next thing you know they're willing to reach into a vehicle yeah. or or go into a, a closed door and and when you get into that you, you've got real issues so they they smell that suet i had no idea their smelling was that good they smell that suet and they're going to get there before brother jack gets there right they're right. going to get there before the other bear gets right. there so. And, and, you know, dog food, I mean, they oh, smell yeah. that, uh, high protein. But, you know, we did a survey about three years ago for Tennessee residents' opinions, and it was a statewide survey. And there's high support for bears in the state and, and bear management. Glad to hear that. Right. Yeah. And, and, it's, and you do look at other states have done the same type surveys, and it's the same, same results. The thing that you have to look at, though, is the closer the bear gets to the home, the tolerance decreases, which makes sense. They they want them here. They like the idea they're here, but they don't want to open up their door and see mm-hmm. a bear stand in their backyard. Well, the reason they're in the yards is because they're being attracted by food. So mm-hmm. that's something that can be addressed. Well, but, I, we handle that here in Middle Tennessee, too, not with bears. But, I mean, it's the same with raccoons right. and possums and, and everything else that likes to that, – that eats meat, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we're always constantly telling them that. And no different there except that it's a slightly bigger critter and yeah. one that you don't really want hanging out in your backyard. And the agency doesn't want it hanging out in your no. backyard. That just creates problems for TWRA. It creates problems for our officers that are ones that typically have to respond to those issues. Uh, it causes problems for the people in the neighborhood, and it causes problems for the bear. I mean, at, at some point, you know, you have to make a decision. It, is the issue with this bear – uh, is it becoming a public safety issue? And it, that can happen. And once again, it's, as I said, it's not because it's a predatory issue. It's just because the bear is so used to people. People are getting closer and closer to take pictures. They're hand-feeding them, things like that. And eventually it just comes to a head, and, and the animal is going to have to be euthanized. And, uh, and nobody wants yeah. to do that. Don't but, want it. No, don't want to do that. want to stay away from that. That said, though, Dan, they're they're coming more, right? How, how many bears are there in Tennessee? Does the agency have an idea? And are these bears expanding? Or is there a good chance we're going to see more of them here, at least on the plateau part of Tennessee, if not in middle and west Tennessee? Well, yes, they're expanding. And, yes, you're going to see more. And, and they're going to come from east Tennessee, and they're also going to come from Kentucky. Okay. And they're going to come from Mississippi. And they're going to come from Alabama, and mm-hmm. they could even potentially come from Arkansas. Wow. Uh, bears are very good swimmers. Um, 
swim the Mississippi River is no big deal for a bear. And and we're hearing, you know, more Mississippi has bears collared, and I have family that's in uh, the northeastmost uh, county of Mississippi, and they've <clears throat> heard reports of bears over in Corinth, which is just south of Pickwick. So uh, it's coming, and, you know, people need to be prepared and, and know what to do to to reduce the chance of having issues nothing will get the press to call you quicker than a black bear or a cougar right <laughs> then, if it comes through this area we get a telephone call right and you know i told one of the ladies from knoxville one day we were just talking about it and, and she said what were your goals and i was kind of joking around with her and i said well one goal is that bears in knox county not be newsworthy anymore you know and and honestly we'd like to get to that i mean We'd like for people to understand, hey, we live in Knox County. We have great bear habitat north of us. We have great bear habitat south of us. And you're going to see bears in, in Knox County. And, and we'd rather it be, hey, it's springtime. The bears are coming out, moving around. Make sure you take care of the things you need to take care of versus, you know, a big news item. Do we know how – and it may not be a fair question, Dan. Do we know how many we have? I know with with deer and turkey, we we do an estimate based on harvest reports and a bunch of other stuff. Is it? Do we know with bears for sure what we have? Well, when you're dealing with big game, it's very difficult to right. to get population numbers because most of the time you're basing on what you've harvested. Right. And when you go back and reconstruct the populations – you you see trends that go up and down with your harvest so mm-hmm. it just gives you an idea and based on those types of numbers we're somewhere between five thousand fifty five hundred including what's in the park but the nice thing is and when you say park you mean the smoky mountains, the smoky mountains. Okay. and then you've got another four or five hundred probably total on the entire plateau the thing that's nice and, and that would probably be a high number there we did a survey about three years ago using dna and came up with us about 220 in the core population around Big South Fork. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but that what's nice about that is we're getting ready to embark on a project pending approval and funding with North Carolina, Georgia, and South Carolina to survey the entire Southern Appalachian. Wow, that's mountains. great! And and that's going to be our first real true bear sur- population survey we've had. Are we? Are do you feel like you're on an island, Dan, or, or do all the biologists you work with and the, all these other states they going through the same thing that you are? Oh yeah, and in some cases even more of an issue. You know, you get down into Florida, it's amazing the number of bears they have around really? Orlando and and their urban areas, and and those guys are really. Uh, I mean, there's guys down there. That's all they do all day long, every day, is is deal with nuisance bears. They've had to put put a lot of bears down mm-hmm. uh, because of things we've talked about of bears in neighborhoods getting too used to people and um, uh, a lot of things going on in, in other states. You know, Asheville or North Carolina has got a multi-year project that they're just focusing on urban bears in Asheville, and it's just amazing the number of bears that are in the city limits of Asheville. Whereas our, if we had a place where nuisance bears, I almost don't like that word, but that's, I guess that's what they have, they become at some point, and a lot because of human issues, but where would be that that place in Tennessee? Is it Gatlinburg? Is it Pigeon Forge? Where is it? Where yeah, I mean, our, our ground zero in nuisance really is, is going to be uh, Sevier County. And and also you can get into Cosby and um, even into uh, Townsend over in Blount County and Cock County, you know, around the Smoky Mountains is where we have our uh, our primary. Well, we have issues everywhere, but when you look at the end of the year, the number of calls that came in, those counties are going to be the ones that that get the most attention. Okay, a couple things for I do want to talk about hunting season some and and your zones and all that stuff. But before we get there, a couple of things. 
or one of the things I remember talking uh, with Dr. Pellerin about years ago that the Smoky Mountains was like a that was like a great big refuge for bears when they were not when their numbers weren't so high that a lot of the animals, if I recall, that, that spread out into, into areas where they were more huntable came off of the Smoky because they were expanding the range from the Smokies. Is that, was, is that true today? Is the Smoky Mountain still a good place for them to, to sort of have a large refuge, or are things different management-wise? Well, you know, we don't allow hunting in the Smoky Mountains right. National Park. It's within, um, you know, that, that's all under the jurisdiction of the federal government. And so hunting is not allowed. <coughs> Excuse me. So to answer your question is yes. Uh, it acts as a core, and the spillover um, comes out into Sevier County. And, you know, North Carolina doesn't have the, uh, with the exception of Cherokee, they don't have the, uh, the amount of urbanization around the park that we do. So they don't have as many issues. But, yeah, that, and that's, you know, it's been part of the management plan of the agency from the 70s where these bear refuges where hunting is not allowed and your populations spill out of those refuges. And the Smoky Mountains has always been part of that, that whole system. Okay. All right. And still important to this day to whatever. Yes. And that's the place, if you want to go view bears, good place to go to see, have a good chance of seeing them. Right. And, you know, they uh, a lot of people go up there with the very reason to see bears, and there's nothing wrong with seeing a bear, but, we you know, we encourage people to distance. view them from a distance. Uh, they uh, In the Smokies, they actually have regulation. they got to be – you cannot be within 50 yards. If you get closer than 50 yards, then you're in violation That's of that That's too law. close for me. That's right. close to a bear. They can cover 50 yards. They get mad at you. But anyway, yes. Dan, um, people would be surprised to know you mentioned it at the very outstart of this that bears were all over Tennessee at, at one time. What habitat is do they prefer, and why are they tend to be pushed up into the mountains right. at this time in life? Well, you know, best case scenario, they want to be you know um, the high elevations are good because they for Tennessee because people typically aren't going to get in there and and develop the higher elevations. They're too steep things like that you can't get the resource in so that's kind of why they they hung on there gravitated to there but you know you get down coastal states there's plenty of bears in the coast around areas where there's plenty of development so they don't the idea that bears need mountains is not the case Uh, they can adapt to pretty much anything and you know back in the uh, 1830s uh, david crockett reported that he killed 108 bears in a single year in lake county that's where real foot lake is is real foot lake you know, and if you read some historical accounts of what that area looked like, and that would have been 20 years after the earthquake, 20, 25 years, and you read some historical accounts and think about what that habitat would have looked like 20 yeah. years after all those trees came down and all that thick undergrowth and everything, uh, you know, and the, the hardwood bottoms uh, in Louisiana are where the bears are. So they'll, they'll utilize just about any kind of habitat you give them. And okay. if there's food there, they can utilize it. All yeah. right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit. The hunters, there is a hunting season on bears. They're they're well managed. They're in good shape. Right. And the the photograph that you have behind us right now, that's one, Dan. That's the one that shows their range now in Tennessee. Correct. Okay, that's the most recent map we've developed in the last couple of years with with the range. And uh, you know, it's a little bit that last uh, last uh, little block there of the brown that says potential future occupancy. You know, we're looking at uh, public lands there. That's that's what you're looking at, okay, or, or like, like Chuck Swan mm-hmm. and and things like that. And uh, that's just to throw out there to show, hey, you're probably going to see them in areas like that first because they're large blocks of undeveloped property. And 
I'm not aware of any any bears being reported on Chuck Swan, but if somebody called me tomorrow and told me, it, it wouldn't surprise wouldn't me. Surprise. It, it wouldn't a, surprise you. That's a big wildlife management area <laughs> yes. that we have. And the one, the block in the middle. I, one of the my highlights of my career here was back when uh, I worked some. I didn't work with them. I followed them around, took pictures. But Dr. Pelton again, mm-hmm. and a lot of folks from the Smoky, and a lot of folks from the Big South Recreation Area. Right. We put bears in there back 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was a it was a Stocking's not the right word, but it's a management program to try to right. reestablish bears in an area where there was a lot of habitat and not a lot of people. How has that done? Well, one of the, the first pictures that, that I have of me in uniform was holding two bears that were taken up to Big South Fork, and that would have been in 1997. You were a baby. Uh, I just started working, <laughs> just and, and that project was going on. And, you know, they initially – after the first couple of years of that, felt like that they probably hadn't done enough mm-hmm. to uh, to get the uh, put enough animals there to make them genetically uh, different enough to do well. But you know, about three years ago, we had uh, the opportunity to do a little bit of work up there and, and did some hair snares, which is I'm not going to detail, but basically we used catching the bear's hair on barbed wire and doing some DNA work to get an idea of how many animals might be up there and. Uh, we did that for eight weeks, and I believe we identified 180 individual animals, I yeah, believe. And right. and that's adult. those are designed to catch hair off adults. So it wouldn't include the cubs as well. And the estimate came out around 222, 220 animals. And it would have been even in an area smaller than that dark green there on the plateau. Did that surprise you? It did. It did. And, uh, you know, statistics are, are, are interesting. And when you when you have – uh, uh, identified, you know, 180 animals or whatever, and then you say the population is 220. Well, that tells you 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 caught almost 80 percent or so of your population. That seems a little, little hard to do, and so I feel like it's a that's an underestimate of what's there. And and we've had a, a season for a couple years up there, and mm-hmm. uh, that season's designed to help landowners are having nuisance issues and our harvest was around 55 last year and that's a little bit concerning but not for one year if if we have another harvest of 55 um, we might be in, be taking a look at that but you consider the fact that the mass was basically non-existent last year and the bears were moving around a lot you know we've had the same issues in the tri-cities area around johnson city where mm-hmm. one year that 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 uh, season would harvest 150, 160 animals, and the next year harvest 25. It's completely dependent on nice. how much food's available. Is that so, often that time of year? Um, hickory nuts or oak, uh, oak or or what's right. it? Uh, acorns. Yeah, or, yeah. Okay. It, and you know, when when you're getting into late September, early October, sometimes they haven't hit yet, or other times you've just got a failure. Uh, but there's a lot of of activity that time of year, and if there's not food in in the ur- rural areas they will move into the urban areas to feed so. okay the big south fork recreation area uh was a cool thing where they took some some adults i believe that were pregnant or had young mm-hmm. or had you know, out of the smoky mountains and actually during the the hibernation time of year and put them into right. different places on that area and some of the places on that area were perfect for bears the big rock formations right. that were there and it was really fun to watch all that day and uh, and I'm glad to hear that it's success. And folks over there are adapting to them pretty well. Yeah, we, you know, I spent a whole summer over there uh, doing those surveys. And, I, you know, people were very interested. Uh, there were folks that just needed to be educated. They were they had questions. 
wanted to know what they could do. But overall, I had very little. I can't think of anybody just come up to me and say, what's going on here? Okay, good deal. So, I don't want to run you out of time. Let's talk about the hunting seasons this year too, Dan, and the, the zones that we got. And all this is in the hunting guide. Uh, that you can go find the hunting guide right. is now online it's also being sent all across the state officers are taking them everywhere tell us about hunting in the last few minutes we got okay well this is the third this will be the third season that we've utilized this system and what we wanted to do that we got to the point with our bears that we're not so concerned about what's going on in green county or washington county or carter county we're more concerned about what's going on in that whole general area a barracks in green county could, today could be in north carolina tomorrow unicoi the next day wow uh, they move around a lot. So we've gone to this zone management. That's how we're reporting our data now. You know, we can always go back and look at what's going on in a, in a county and make a decision, like if we need to move a county over or something. But uh, it's working pretty well. And the, the blue, the transitional area, is basically open to archery hunting. Okay. And those are areas where we may not get sustainable populations for some time to come, but we have enough movement in and out in the fall that 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 needs to be addressed and that's how that's designed okay all right by the way dan is a product of middle tennessee went to mountain juliet high school yes is what she said so you've done a great job dan this is cool and we'll get you back because we're always never get enough out of our guests but that's out there plenty of hunting opportunities and bear you can hunt with dogs in some zones is that correct correct and it's a tradition in tennessee yes all right in the last 15 seconds got anything else you want to add just be proactive don't wait till you have problems all right. All right, Jason. Check your hunting guide. All the rules and regs for these hunting seasons are in there. Uh, I think it's great to see some bears encroaching on Mex County, my home county there. So anyway. You can handle that, can't neat. you? Uh, so thanks for watching. All right. And you're going to do a Facebook. You're going to do an extra. Dan's going to be out there with you. Take a look at that, everybody, yep. too. We'll see you next week right here on Tennessee Wildcast. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Dan.